0: everyone and welcome to our new Penn Online Worship Service. We know that lockdown continues to be a challenge for us, but what a blessing that we're able to join together and worship God in this way. Well, we do live in pretty complex times, don't we? And if it's not every day, then certainly every week and every month we are confronted with the need to make decisions. Uh, and there might be decisions around our finances. How much money we spend, how much money we save, how much money we invest and how much money we give away. They could also be decisions about our future. What are we going to do for work? Where might we live? What are we going to do for study, whether it's school or university? And they also might be decisions around our family. How do we parent well in certain situations? How do we be a good husband or a wife? Or how do we navigate this season of loss? Or love. But whatever they are, these decisions come at us on a very regular occurrence. And many people in our world today will suggest, you know, you can go to different places to get wisdom around these decisions. Maybe go to a trusted friend or a a boss at work or a mentor or someone else. And they're not bad suggestions in themselves. But I want to suggest to you today that there's something better, something far better more powerful than that. Today we finish up our Jesus the Game Changer series. And the passage that we're in is in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12. And this is what it says. For the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even to the dividing soul and spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Now, God's word is powerful, isn't it? It's alive and it's active. At least that's what the writer of the Hebrews tells us. And today what I want to do is suggest that there's three ways in which God's word is at work as we go to it, as we read it, study it and look to apply it into our lives. The first way that God's word is at work powerfully is that it convinces. It convinces. The word of God is active. The word of God divides the joints and the marrow. There's a, a, a bit of a metaphor that the writer of the Hebrews is exploring here. And, and many scholars would say that this metaphor is that of a, a skilled warrior. And that metaphor could apply. But there's some others that actually say that what the writer of the Hebrews is doing is actually a, a comparing God's word to that of a skilled surgeon. And I think this is a really interesting metaphor to explore. You see, by trade, I'm an optical lens maker, a prescription lens maker, uh, spectacles. And one of the things that I used to do in that is I had to go and speak to ophthalmologists. These were the eye surgeons. And one day, one of the ophthalmologists that I spoke to in my line of work uh, invited me in to watch him perform surgery. Now, it was cataract surgery, which is actually a fairly, uh, on the scheme of things, in terms of how eye surgeries go, a fairly minor surgery. And I watched the surgeon perform a number of these uh, procedures. It took him about 15 minutes for each one, and each patient was wheeled in, one after the other. And almost all of them were only under local anaesthetic. They were fully awake while they were being operated. And it was amazing to see the precise skill of the surgeon the steadiness of his hands and the ability to to use these scalpels and these other implements, very fine implements, on the eye where just the slightest slip could have caused serious concerns. And yet I was in awe of his precision and his skill. And the word of God is like that. It convinces with precision and skill. Earlier on in today's service, we saw Joss leading us in a time for our kids and she showed a video of Bible translation work. And it's amazing how God's word has gone out all over the world, especially in the last hundred years or so, into all these different people groups, into their native tongues and languages. And one of the remarkable impacts where this has has taken place is in the continent of Africa. Now, 100 years ago, there weren't that many Christians in Africa. But as missionaries started to come in from about the 1950s onwards, they worked very hard at translating God's word into lots and lots of different people groups and languages. And the result of this, as people began to hear God's word in their own language, is that they became convinced of who he was and of his love for them. Today, there are over 400 million Christians in Africa. In result, in part, because of God's word and the power in God's word to convince others to trust in him. But it comes down even more to this, to a, to a more micro level in terms of it how, how it convinces us to lead our lives. And one of the things that we often consider, and I alluded to it earlier, is that we've got to look at how does God's word help us in regards to making decisions about our future? And I want to share just one example with you, which has been really insightful and helpful for me in recent times. In October of last year, I was obviously on this journey of discernment as to whether God was calling me to New Peninsula Baptist Church or not. And as I was having this conversation with the pastoral search team and was trying to work out what God was saying in all of this, he, he brought to mind a number of scriptures. And one of them is one that I want to share with you and It's 2 Chronicles chapter 12, verse 32. And it talks about the men of Issachar. And it says that they were, God had put them in place for such a time as this, for they knew the times, they knew what was needed. And in coming to New Peninsula, I'm very much aware that there's some challenges ahead for us as a church when it comes to how do we impact our local communities and beyond. And they're challenges that I'm not able to, to solve or, or to overcome myself. And what's really interesting in this passage is that it doesn't talk about just one man. It talks about 200 men who are trusting in God, who knew the times, understood the times and then knew what to do. And it's been so amazing as I've started here at New Penn to have that sense that there are people coming around me and that together we are going to, just like the men of Issachar, know the times, trust in God. And then as a result of that, we're going to know what to do. So God's word convinces powerfully. It also comforts powerfully. It comforts powerfully. In this passage in Hebrews chapter 4, verse 12, it speaks to how God's word penetrates the heart. And I guess when we most experience this is potentially during those times of, of real loss and of sadness. I can remember a time where, Just on 20 years ago, we we lost Kate's brother in tragic circumstances. And we went into this deep, deep grief. And it caused me to question a lot of things about God. In fact, I, I was angry at God for a while. But I went to his word and I started reading his word. And it started to speak into me and minister to me and bring comfort. I read the story of Job. I read of a man who suffered great loss, who lost it all, and yet God restored that to him and more. I read through the book of Ecclesiastes, written, we think, by King Solomon, a man who had it all in terms of worldly possessions, and yet at the end of his life, he says, it's all meaningless, it's like a chasing of the wind. Ecclesiastes calls us to focus on that which is important, relationships with God and with others. And then I was drawn to the Gospels and I read about Jesus. I read about the suffering that he endured. And what I came to realise is that the suffering that he endured for me was so much greater than any suffering I was experiencing at that very time. And God's words spoke comfort into that very sad and deeply grieving situation that Kate and I experienced. So God's word convinces, it also comforts, and finally, it also cures, God's word cures. One of the things that we recognise as we start to read God's word is just how broken we are. You see, it makes us aware of our sin. It makes us aware of those parts of our lives that are are, are broken in some way and that we're lacking wholeness. It, It makes us aware of fractured relationships. And as we read it, we become aware of our brokenness, but then out of that is the potential for something really beautiful to happen. You see, there's this movement that happens as we read and apply God's word. It's a movement from brokenness to wholeness. You see, importantly, it's not brokenness to perfection. And I think sometimes we confuse those two things, perfection and wholeness. Sometimes we feel like we have to give the appearance that we have it all together. That we're not confronted with the realities of life and and the brokenness that all of us experience. And so at times it can become this almost masquerade, a mask that we wear and we can't be truly open and vulnerable and authentic with those around us. And yet God's word's not calling us to perfection. It's calling us to move towards wholeness. The Apostle Paul in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 describes an experience that he was going through and he talks about it as the thorn in his, the thorn in his flesh. He doesn't tell us what this was, and I guess that because it doesn't matter so much for the the context of the story, because what he was trying to highlight was even though he experienced this terrible situation, and three times he went to God, and he asked God to take it from him, and God kept coming back and saying, no, not yet, or not now, or maybe not at all. And three times he asked, and God wouldn't remove it, and what God responded with, and the answer to Paul was, and it's an answer to us as well, is that my grace... Is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in weakness. A few years ago, probably about seven or eight years ago, Kate and I were fortunate to go to a Leonard Cohen concert. It was at Hanging Rock, which if you know Hanging Rock is the most magnificent place. And, and, and we watched Leonard Cohen perform as the sun was setting behind the Hanging Rock in the Macedon Ranges where we used to live. And just an incredible experience to, to hear and to be, take in this, this poet actually singing these songs about life, about faith, about love and also loss. And Cohen's songs are are, are really brilliant in many ways. And one of the songs that I really love is a song called Anthem. And in the song, there's this lyric, and I just want to read it out to you. Ring the bells that still can ring. Forget your perfect offering. There's a crack, a crack in everything. That's how the light gets in. And I want to leave that with you today as an encouragement. As we go to God's word, allow God's word to convince us of God's goodness to us. Allow God's word to bring comfort in those situations of difficulty and challenge and allow God's word to cure us of our brokenness and move us towards wholeness, but not perfection because we know that's not our place this side of eternity. Instead in authenticity, in vulnerability, we recognise the cracks. And we recognise that it's in the cracks and that it's through the cracks that God's light is able to get in and shine to those around us. Henry Nouwen was a Catholic priest and also a famous writer of the 20th century. And one of his books he wrote is called The Wounded Healer. I love this book. And the premise of the book is that it's actually through our wounds. It's actually through those journeys of life that God allows us to go through, that we're able to minister to others. There's an empathy. There's an understanding. There's a grace that comes as we experience those difficult things. And out of that comes a purpose to minister to those who are also experiencing similar challenges. So, I want to pray for you now. I want to pray that we would be open to the reading, the studying, and the applying of God's word this week. That through his word, he would convince us of his goodness, comfort us as we need us, and cure us as we move from brokenness to wholeness. Let's pray. Lord, I want to thank you for your word. I thank you for the power that's in your word, for the way it can minister to us, bringing comfort, convincing us of your goodness, uh, curing us. Lord, thank you for your word. And I pray that as we go forward this week, that we could find time to engage in your word, to open it up, to read it, to study it, and to apply it to our lives. Lord, we know that you speak to us through your word. And so we pray this week that we would be open to hearing Your voice afresh. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.